עוד יותר, יוצרי התוכן של ישראל. Welcome to episode three of the Lean TLV podcast. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the first few episodes and they're just going to keep getting better and better, honestly. Um, and before we start, a quick announcement, huge announcement, actually. Um, we are doing an English stand-up night with Matan Peretz and Michael Rappaport, who's coming to Tel Aviv again. That is February 21st at 9.30 p.m. So make sure to look out for that. It's going to be epic. Um, and yeah. So we're going to have a really exciting episode today with an amazing Ola, Donna Benami. I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hi, Noah. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for having Long me. Long time no seen. Long time no see. Ten Three hours. <laughs> 8.45 a.m. workout class. Yes. So tell us, Donna, tell us about your Aliyah story, everything. Sure. Um, so I made Aliyah in October 2019. It's a different category of Aliyah because I was born in Israel. So it's considered Katin Chozer, which means returning minor. I was born here, and when I was five, my family moved to Singapore. Both of my parents, one of my brothers, still live in Singapore. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't lived here for 20-plus years. And I was living in New York City before I moved, and it just sort of happened. It was unplanned. If you had asked me a year or two before if I would move to Israel, I would have said, Absolutely, Absolutely not. not. Yeah. I just didn't feel really connected at all. Yeah. So I grew up quite differently than a lot of the Olim that we know, which yeah. is I didn't grow up in a Jewish community. Singapore has Jews and Israelis, but not that many. Um, it was part of my life, but it was not something like that I was surrounded by. Right. I didn't go to a Jewish school. Most of my friends growing up were not Jewish. And then the same thing in college. I really was not that involved in Jewish life. Yeah. So it was sort of a— curveball but I'm really happy with the decision yeah so So Donna I've known Donna for a few years actually and I thought it would be great to bring her on because Donna is that kind of a law who knows everything about Tel Aviv and knows everything about Olim and Israeli she's half uh Half Israeli and half what? What do you consider yourself? Singapore. Technically, I'm a hundred percent Israeli. Hundred percent. But I guess I would say Singapore is home in a way. Yeah, yeah. It's like where I grew up. Yeah. Um. So Donna and I met a few years ago, actually, at um Ben and Fit Gym. She was my first friend at the gym, which was really exciting because going to a gym with all these Israelis who work out and all this stuff is very um nerve wracking at first. And we met there, and we. She was my first Ben and Fit buddy, basically. Yeah, yeah. The, the basic betch. The basic betch. Fitness. Com- sorry, sports and community. Sp- sports Not and gym. community. Sports Not gym. and community. It's a sports and community. They have parties. They yeah. have everything. Um, I remember it so vividly. You were standing in the stairwell in Pinsker, and I don't know if it was before or after the class, but you were standing there. Somehow we got to talking. I think it was like I was pointing out something, and... You mentioned you were from Texas, and then we just immediately hit it off. I was very uncharacteristically friendly that <laughs> you are, day. <laughs> you are. You're not— uh, Yeah, I'm not so friendly not at so the gym. Yeah. I come to be in the zone. Um, and yeah, the rest is the rest history. Is history. The rest is history. Um, so I thought Donna would be perfect to come and talk here because basically Donna, from the first day we met and throughout our whole friendship, we always had the same inside jokes about— Tel Aviv kind of being a mini college town, I would say. 
Um, we always ha- share the same experiences, dating experiences, nightlife experiences, all that stuff. And we just really felt like Tel Aviv was a little college town that we were still living in. I mean, you went to Columbia. Right. You went to a college town. I went to University of Texas, also a college town. And I know when I moved here, I immediately after college, I felt like I was in college 2.0. Like I felt like college never ended for me. Like I moved to Tel Aviv right yeah. after college and I felt like Tel Aviv is a little college town. Like Be'er Sheva also is obviously. Herzliya is a wannabe college town, but yeah. Tel Aviv is a little college town. Wouldn't you agree? I think I, I know what you're getting at. I think it's the fact that usually when you're a grown-up, you don't live that close to all of your friends. And here, because Tel Aviv is small and because most of your friends live within walking distance, you see your friends almost every day, if not every day, which is like college. Like yeah. you want to go to the dining hall, you just like text your friend. It's the same thing. You're like, hey, same I'm going to go get a shawarma. It's the same Want to come. So usually you don't have that in other major cities where you have to plan like two weeks in advance to get on someone's calendar to hang out. Yeah. Here it's much more casual. That too, but I wasn't even going that direction. I was going that direction of college town in the sense that I feel like Israelis, especially Israeli guys, they moved to Tel Aviv right after the army or during their actual like university time. And for them, you know, they they did the army, they're a little delayed. So for them, it's like living in Tel Aviv is the prime age to party and live it up and like you know, have all this fun, which is great, yeah, yeah. but it was hard being like seeing all my friends graduate college and move on to Wall Street and these banks and consulting and have like real adult life. And, you know, yeah. I moved here, was working consulting, but was still living a little college life in a college town, Tel Aviv. <laughs> By the way, I did work in finance for five years and I can tell you it's still college life, at least at the beginning. In finance it, also? Every, everyone's faking it till they make it. Okay. Fair, yeah. fair, yeah. fair. Um, but I think it's really interesting that, um, you know, the whole thing with Israelis going to the army and being delayed a little with everything, like Americans have their education earlier and graduate college earlier and all that stuff. It's, it's really interesting to see exactly how it plays out in Tel Aviv. Um, also, also, can we talk about Gindi? Gindi is literally, (laughs) so Gindi, for those who don't know, there are Masaw programs, um, most Olim make Aliyah through two routes. Most Olim get convinced to make Aliyah through two routes, Tagleed or a Masaw summer program, okay? And I, for me personally, was Tagleed. I did Tagleed with, um, friends in college, and then I was like, I want to make Aliyah after. Yes, Tagleed worked on me, but, um, Masaw summer programs, literally, Convinced so many people to make Aliyah. Yeah. And they all live together in Gindi. Gindi is literally the fraternity, the fraternity and sorority house in Tel Aviv. All the Americans live there. Yeah. All they do is party. All they do is have fun. And it's hilarious. Funnily enough, I actually you lived live in, in Yeah, Gindi, you lived in Gindi. <laughs> but bear in mind, I lived with two Israelis, random strangers I met on Facebook. Like, I hadn't, I didn't, again, I didn't grow up, like, I didn't go on birthright because yeah. I was like, why would I go like right. I have family in Israel yeah. but so I didn't know any of this stuff that, like I didn't go to Shalvata till I was 30 why'd you go 29. when you were 30 <laughs> it was very, very fun but I, I didn't have that like quintessential like go on Tagli when yeah. you're like in your early 20s yeah. and you know I wasn't like that experience so yeah. I didn't know any of this stuff including not knowing that Gindi was like the Masa place <laughs> like you know I didn't know it was like the the American Olim convention center so I moved in like <laughs> innocently and only after the fact I was like 
Oh, like this is a dorm. This is a call. Petition to make Gindi TLV the official fraternity and sorority, call, sorority house of Tel Aviv. Like, yeah. I want to make a petition to do that. Yeah. And it's so funny because I remember visiting all my friends who live there and like all the Israelis there would get so pissed off at all the Americans. It was amazing. And it still is. So Gindi TLV, keep on being... Yeah, I couldn't wait to get out of there, to be honest. I'm sure. I lasted I'm sure. barely a year. I was like, I'm out. I'm too old for this. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, Tel Aviv, in summary, really is a college town. I think we really see that with dating also, with yeah. um, with the guys here. Yes. Um, I mean, we all know dating in Tel Aviv is hard. That was actually a hot take. We'll get to that. But dating in Tel Aviv is hard, and part of it is because everyone moves here after the army or in the middle of the university, and— It's still a college town for them, and it's fine, but it is tough. Um, Like, I feel like Tel Avivian boys are equivalent to fraternity boys sometimes, which is fine. There's nothing bad about it. Nothing bad about it. Yes, to an I get what you're saying. I feel like the the men in Tel Aviv don't have, like, the rowdiness of frat boys in America. (laughs) Like, it's a different kind of thing. But I know what you mean in the sense that they continue to act— very young as they progress through life. Like I think we've talked about this before. It's like I call it Peter Pan syndrome because they're like (laughs) they never want to grow up. Like they're happy to be young. Yeah. But I think that's also for girls here also, which we'll we'll talk about. But it's funny. I was talking to my brother. Uh, My brother made Aliyah and then – Asa Yerida. <laughs> I want to make him Yoreda of the Week, actually. But um, no. he left. He left. He moved back. My older brother, he's think- contemplating moving back. Um, and I was telling Tal, you have to move back. You're 29. This is the prime age to live in Tel Aviv. You're going to be too old later on. You have to You have to move back. This is the age. Don't move in your, late thir- in your mid-30s, early 30s. Now is the time. And he was like, Noah, it doesn't matter if you're 29, if you're 35, if you're 40. If you're a guy living in Tel Aviv at those ages, you're eternally 25. And he's so right. Fair. Like, no matter what age you are living as a guy in Tel Aviv, I feel like you're eternally stuck in your 25-year-old phase. And it's so true. You have to admit, yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Listen, and again, nothing wrong about yeah, it. I think it's yeah. fantastic. I think it's amazing that you're young and free and happy, And but it's true. Yeah. I do think, obviously, we can't paint everyone with one brush, but there is certainly a sense that people here are much more youthful. Yeah. And yeah. certain types of both guys and girls, in our, obviously, in our experience as women dating men, they're guys that we've dealt with where— they're like well into their 30s and they're still acting like they're 25. Yeah. yeah. Why do you think that is? I don't I don't know if I have if I can pinpoint it down, but all I can say is I don't know if it's a Tel Aviv thing or a generation thing, but I think it's just very hard to commit especially in Tel Aviv because there are so many options. But I don't know if that goes hand in hand with why they're acting like they're 25. Maybe it has to do with the army, maybe it has to do with I don't know, they're just delayed a little because of circumstances of living in Israel. I don't know. But do you not feel that the non, like, obviously some Olim do the army, but also non-army going Olim also kind of fall into that? Like, I don't know that the army is the only thing because I don't think it only applies to Israelis. I think it's It's across the board, Tel Aviv. It's Tel Aviv. I I think it's a widespread condition, this Peter Pan syndrome. Define Peter Pan syndrome for me again. Basically, Peter Pan, like, never wants to grow up. He's, like, permanently in this childlike state. Okay. That's, like, the whole premise of, I don't know if you had a childhood and watched Peter Pan, (laughs) but that's what the movie's about. So it's that, it's this thing where they, like, have this 
fear of growing up and kind of settling down <laughs> and becoming, I don't know, adults, which to them, I guess, means boring. So they're like stuck in this state of partying like they're 25 when they're 35 and still hanging out, you know, out on, out in the scene. I, I still feel like I'm like that also. To, like, I feel like, like you said, it's like a tele... I'm not 30, I'm 26, but I still feel like I'm... Like, okay, don't yeah. look so... Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, By the way, I'm above the age of 30. <laughs> Just PSA. Wait, so why do you think... You tell me about your Peter okay. Pan theory. I've thought about this a lot because it doesn't only apply to... It doesn't only apply to men. But I do think that Tel Aviv, and this is, by the way, the case in many cities, there's a lot going on. So you have a lot of things pulling you in different directions where it's like you could go out every night of the week. I'm not saying like going to like underground yeah. parties. I'm talking yeah. about you're going to a comedy show. Yeah. You're going to have a beer with a friend. You're going to go out for a walk on the toilet. Like people are always out and about. Right. And you have a very vibrant life. Whereas if you're living in the, the middle of nowhere in the suburbs somewhere, you don't have that much going on. Right. So when you have a lot going on, the the stakes are higher where you are giving up more to quote unquote settle down. Yeah. Now, I think maybe the difference between men and women, this is only my theory. <laughs> I think men view things very binary. Like in their mind, life is a straight path and there's chapters. And it's like if you get married and settle down – then you are like graduating from the, the fun, exciting, yeah. spontaneous chapter of your life. And then boom, like you're in this other place yeah. and you have to relinquish all of your I don't fun. I think it's just that. I also feel that way though. Like, and by the way, that's not true. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you can still have fun. I have friends who have had babies and they still go to parties yeah. and they still go out at night and have glasses of yeah. wine or yeah. bottles of wine. Yeah. And they still go on vacation and they still attend bachelor parties. Like, yeah, it's not this or that. Yeah. And I think people have that. They think they have to give everything up. And when you have so much going on in your life, that feels like you're giving up a lot more. I agree. I also think it's dating, not just going off what you said, but also dating in Tel Aviv is hard in general because there's just so many options, like, for guys yeah. and for girls. Like, But I think that's the case with any city, no? Like, unless you're in the middle of nowhere and you have to expand, like, a 90 radius to get a yeah. person. I'm talking about apps now. Yeah. Like, yes, there are many options, but I feel like that's maybe – to me at least, a bit of a generational thing. What's harder, having too many options or having no options? I think Honestly, having, I real think question. Having, I think too many options. Because I let me tell you, choice. dating in Dallas is not that easy either. And it's because there are no options, especially like Jewish options. But then I'm yeah. like, where's harder, Tel Aviv or dating in Dallas? But it's funny. Everyone says dating is hard everywhere. New York, all my friends are totally. single, struggle. Um, maybe not a Tel Avivian thing only. Yeah. But um, it's funny. I was with a with a friend the other day, and we were talking about like going out on first dates in Tel Aviv and how scary it is. Yeah. Not scary for the actual first date of meeting someone, but scary to run into someone you know. Like, there's nothing more terrifying than going on an app date in Tel Aviv and running into someone you know. Totally. It, I I can't even totally. explain. Like, I have to strategically decide where we're going to, I make the decision because they always, they always, let's go to Dizengoff, let's go to, to this place where it's, you'll run into everyone you know. Yeah. You don't, you don't, you're not deciding just because you have to be in control. No. It's because you want to uh, avoid people. Maybe, maybe a little. Yeah. It's honestly, people will always ask me like, what is the worst place to go on a first date? And I'm like, I actually don't care about the place specifically. If 
this is maybe a hot take because some girls are like, he asked me to go drink wine by the beach. Like, how dare he? <laughs> He's so Hill. cheap. He doesn't Hills care. Like, I really don't care yeah. where a first date is. To me, like, it could be a walk on the beach and like no alcohol, like whatever. I don't care. But I don't want it to be anywhere where I could run into anyone I know <laughs> or anyone who knows someone I know, like the fear is yeah. real because yes. Tel Aviv is so small. And everyone you want... gossips, everyone talks, everyone. And I just, I just also, I don't want to be seen. Like I it's know. awkward. It's very clear. But what do we do? You're going to run into anyone date. Date. Okay, I found a Do you go to Huron? Do you go to a date in Bat Yam? <laughs> like, no, seriously, where do you go? I have a loophole that What's I discovered. Are you going to tell us is, a secret? Um, no, it's not a secret. Um, Friday night. Interesting. Because no one goes out That's on true. Friday night. This happened like a few months back. Only, only psychopaths go out on a Friday night. Fair. Um, but I got asked on a date and he suggested Friday. And I was kind of like, well, I was having a chill Shabbat dinner. We met at 9 p.m. And he, he goes, I'm going to pick you up outside your house. And we're just going to like, you know, we're going to go with the flow and like find a place on Nachalat Binyamin. Red flag, red Which flag. is literally like you're not only you're where everyone goes, but you're sitting like on the street. Yeah. And that walkway is where everyone goes to Ooh, anywhere that, that matters. Dangerous. Right? That walkway is dangerous. If it dangerous. were Thursday night, I would have been like, I'm not feeling well. Yeah. Bye. Um, but there was no one like really there. There were a few people out, but no one that I would ever know. And so I was like, oh, okay, this is the Maybe. trick. But it's so hard going on going on a date after food coma at Shabbat dinner. Like. But that's the thing is I had a chill Shabbat. Okay, it okay, was like okay. low-key. Okay. I wasn't in a food coma. That's a good loophole. Maybe I'll take that into consideration. But yeah. there's nothing worse when you're trying to decide on a place and this the guy is like, let's go to Dizengoff. I'm like, are you? That is social suicide. <laughs> going on a date on Dizengoff Street is social suicide. There's actually, I coined a term it's called to rhinus someone, okay? You guys know what rhinus is? Rhinus is a street. It's right... Um, parallel. Parallel to, to Dizengoff. Yep. And what it means to rhinus someone is, let's say you're out on a date at Dizengoff area and the guy wants to walk you back, but you don't want to be seen with him. <laughs> you rhinus him and take him down Rhinus Street so you don't run into anyone you know. Yes. It's a classic. It's a classic. It's, it's a classic. A classic. <laughs> Why don't we walk down this rhinus. street? It's more quiet. We can talk. <laughs> To rhinus someone. Mark my words. Mark. mark By the my way, words. this has it, existed. It, it, I'm a I coined bit the term. You. No, you didn't coin the term. Who's it's coined? been around for a long no, time. Okay, has you just live in Disney. It's a young person thing because we older people don't go out on Disney. Have you much. ever told someone, talked to someone, and said, "I'm gonna rhinus"? Like, yes, I've okay. used the term. Okay, so I maybe and I I've also it, done it to someone, but I publicly announced it to yeah, everyone. Noah claims it. I claim it. All right, you might want to just like get on that. Speaking of worst date spots in Tel Aviv. Um, I have a few, okay, and if you follow us. the account, you definitely know. I feel very strongly against going on a date at Hilton Hill. Also, okay. so social suicide. Uh -huh. um, but I think Hilton Hill and Dizengoff were two date spots. And purely because you don't want to be seen. Yes. Like, if you told me Hilton Hill, I won't see anyone I know. Nice date spot. Yeah. Yeah. Nice date nice. spot. It's nice. But... In the matter, in the sphere of talking about how you don't want to be seen. Yeah. Dizengoff. Dizengoff is frat, frat line. It's basically a frat row. Yeah. Dizengoff frat row and Hilton Hill. Yeah. For me, it's Nachalat Benjamin. Yeah. Yeah. Equivalent. Yeah. What about best date spots in Tel Aviv? 
best dates. That's are. a hard one. That's hard. <laughs> I don't. I, like I said, I don't really care where it is. I just like want to have fun, and I don't want it to be. Basic. I don't want it to feel like an interview. Yeah, it's not about being basic. Like I don't really care. It's just. But I don't the interview like is based interview. on the person, not the totally. Place. Which is exactly the point. Yeah. Is like. Some people are so fixated on he picked this place. Like, I don't care where it yeah, is. Yeah. If the person's cool and I'm having a good time, that's all that yeah. I really care about. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Fair, fair. Yeah. Now you have to ask me what my best, best date spot is. Okay. What's your are. best date spot in Tel Aviv? Hot take. Oh. Hot take. All right. Give it to me. Nakhlapi Mean Street. What? Yeah. But best? you have to go. Yes. But like, I'm not going to name the places because I want to keep them a secret, but you have to go to a secret place where secret. you're not sitting outside on the street next to everyone. Okay. That's very cryptic. Interesting. Not going to say anymore. Not going right. to say Is anymore. it someone's apartment? <laughs> <laughs> Best first date spot, his balcony in his apartment. Definitely not. Definitely not. Definitely not. Um, but yeah, honestly, dating in Tel Aviv, we shit on it a lot, but it's fun. It's great. It. Maybe not great, but it's fun. You have to admit, it's fun. Yeah. Give it, give you have it. to try to make it fun for yourself. You Otherwise, to, you're going to be miserable. You have to try to make it fun. Yeah. Um. But let's 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 play this game. Okay. What are your biggest ick factors? Do you guys know what an ick is? An ick is something that just irks you. Like, like just gives you the ick. Like, ick. It's like, ugh. Ugh. <laughs> what are your biggest icks? <sighs> How much time do you have? Just kidding. <laughs> not kidding. Um. I have really weird icks like I'm very particular but you would be <laughs> detail oriented detail oriented um okay this is really weird but <laughs> oh, when a guy's feet look small but why do you in his shoes I'm not <laughs> saying the feet are small they look small and it has nothing to do with like wait, that wait, might wait. mean the size of something else like wait. no nothing to do with that it just gives me like wait wait the I... ick when I see a foot in a shoe and it looks <laughs> that is really petite I'm that like, is oh that stop. is the weirdest stop. <laughs> that is the weirdest thing I've ever heard in my entire life I told you I have a lot of weird icks okay so mine's not that weird mine's basic I get irked out by merces <laughs> You don't know what a merce is. It's a man purse. If a guy shows up with a merce to a first date, wait. We're okay, out. but define like what? Also, a fanny a, pack. A also, a fanny there's pack. There's a range of merces. I've never heard that word. Mer- man purse. There's a whole like slew of man purses out there. Like, does it is what if it's like his leather work satchel or like is it does it need to look resemble a female purse or like what is it about it like? Or any form just, of bag. He should, he, cannot, he cannot. If he's carrying a bag, he's, he's carrying out. a bag, he's out. Unless Damn, it's like a bag full of snacks for the night. Okay, that's what fine. about backpack? Backpack If he's fine. coming from work. Oh, if, only if it's a monogram <laughs> high-tech backpack, that, then we're talking. Yes, yes. Of course, yes. you would say that. Plus 10 points. <laughs> Plus 10 points. Ugh. If he works in high-tech. That's an no, opposite no, no, of no. an ick? No, it's great. It's great. That oh, I'll give you another ick. When... He won't stop talking about, about his working job in, in high tech. <laughs> working in high tech and talking about it is like the equivalent of working in crypto in the U.S. Like, yes, you work there. I'm a crypto and like, bro. All you do is talk about it. Bitcoin. Like, yeah, you're just talking about work, yeah. work, work, yeah. and my job, and I'm so important, and yeah. like da da da, and yeah. oh, my company does this. I'm, like, yeah. I'm just like, dude, like, I'm yeah. not your coworker. Yeah. I don't care. Or when they make high tech their lives. Yeah. I actually did that two years ago. I will say, I will admit I made high tech my life and it's fine. Yeah. We'll go through the high tech phase. Yeah. Um, what else? The Jesus sandals. Just don't. Please don't. Please, what is it please. about it that you don't like? It's just the, the toes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not cute. 
Yeah. You know, I really take issue. This is a general ick, not a dating ick. When people wear those, because, you know, in high tech, when you're in an office, people dress very casually here compared to New York where people are wearing like business or business casual clothes, you know, closed shoes. And there's people who come to the office wearing these Jesus sandals, aka Tevas, and their toes are just like hanging out. And I'm like, the workplace is not a place for your toes. I don't want to see your toes at work. Agreed. Agreed. Put them away. Also on a date. And on a date. Put them away. Also on a date. Um, do you think, what do you think guys say the, the biggest icks about girls are? Like something that irks them out on a date. Um, I always think about this. Maybe I have if girls few- like only talk about themselves. I don't know. What if girls talk about their astrology sign on a first date? That's a red flag. Yeah. Yeah. She asks you what day and time you were born. <laughs> you were born. Run. So <laughs> what this, time were you born? There was this one guy who was... Um, I saw this video and he was talking about how um, on a first date, he'll <laughs> he'll make up his zodiac sign just to show that girl that they're astrologically compatible. I was like, honestly, brilliant. But I think I think guys are very scared of girls who bring up astrology on a first date or but, try to figure out their why? birthday. But why? Why are they? Why are they scared? I'm just asking because I love astrology. <laughs> I mean, I do, too. Um, even though we're both very logical people, yeah, we both love astrology. This but is true. Guys get scared of astro of girls who are into astrology. Maybe they just associate it with like girls who are crazy. Maybe fair association though. I don't know. Fair association. I don't know. But what else would you say, guys? Guy, especially guys in Aviv, biggest dig about girls here is. I don't know if they only want to be taken out to like expensive, flashy places. Yeah. I mean, if I were a guy, that would give me the ick. But no guys take expensive. <laughs> but <laughs> I was talking to my friend, um, you know who you are, and I was like, what are you looking for in a guy? And she's like, honestly, I just want a sugar daddy. And I was like, well, you better leave Tel Aviv because you're not yeah. going to find that here. There's, there's an app for that. <laughs> if you want to be a sugar baby, there's an app for that, I think. Tinder? No. <laughs> there's actually an app for that. Really? Yeah. Like that's Uh-oh. some people's career path. I'll send my friend to you after. <laughs> you know this friend also. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I, I would say I think if I were in a guy's place, I would get irked out by astrology most and by her being on her phone yeah. during the date. Yeah, put yeah. your phone away. Yeah, like, which is very hard for me to do. Very, yeah. very hard for me to do. Yeah. You need to be present. Very hard to do. Yeah. Um, okay, any last final X that you want to share with the audience? Oh, I have so many. I don't know where to begin. I guess icks are also comparable to red flags a little. Not really, because a red flag is like almost more like a non-starter, where you're like, I'm questioning you as a person. Ick is more like your personal thing that just makes you kind of like, ugh, about the person. Or you're like, ew. Okay, so if I had to, if ick, I had to shift over to red flags, what would be your biggest red flag? <laughs> oh, biggest red flag. That's really hard. <laughs> I, I know mine. Biggest red flag. Um, I wanted to say if they don't make their bed, but I know that's obviously not, that's too extreme. That's way too extreme. I know. So I would say it's a, what's the like middle between a red flag? Like it's like a not brown flag? I don't Orange know. flag? Orange. I've never heard of a middle. Be- it's like, it's not a red flag. Red flag is like a non-starter. Okay. Where you're like, oh, red flag if they hate their mom. So my, it's so funny. My red flag is if they're weirdly close with their mom. <laughs> that's such a red flag. And like weirdly, weirdly close okay, with their mom. So you have to rule out like most of the people <laughs> most in the of Israeli surrounding yes, Tel Aviv. Yes. I'm not just talking like Tel Aviv it's center. To- Tel Aviv surrounding like all the places. 
more likely than not, their mom does their laundry and also makes them food and, and Tupperware and they bring it oh. for lunch at work. <gasps> oh my God. You just Nothing frustrates it. me more than going to the office on a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday and seeing my coworkers, especially the guy coworkers, bring these keto, like large um, boxes of homemade food. I'm like, every time I'm like, oh my God, did you make that? And they're like, no, my mom made it for me. And I'm like... Okay, but what would you rather that they're really, really close to their mom or they hate their mom? Like if they have a complicated no, relationship with their mom, with their mom and of they course. don't love – if a guy doesn't think that his mom's awesome and he like loves yeah, her, no. then – No, know. of course I would rather – yeah, them being really close. But I home. get what you're saying. Yeah. When they're too close, it's like yeah. you're afraid that the, the also this like future mother-in-law is gonna be like, you know, it's just weird. the bane of yeah. your existence yeah. for the rest of your life. Yeah. What are the red flags? We have um, a laundry list of them. I know. There's. Uh, I'm trying to think. Another red flag um, for me <laughs> if they went on a really long trip to India and they won't stop talking about it. India or South America? India. Okay. Okay. South America, I feel like it's now is Southern, a little bit yeah. more. By the way, back in the day, like de- two decades ago, India was what South America is today. Like, yeah. So people would yeah. do like Australia and India. Now it's become like a South America yeah. place where people go for like six months. But if someone went to India and like won't stop talking about yeah. it, I'm like, it's not really a red flag. It's just we're so wildly yeah. incompatible yeah. that it's not even worth a conversation. Yeah. Like yeah. we're made, we're cut from a different cloth. Yeah. Yeah. So Donna, if you had to give people dating advice in Tel Aviv, what would you give them? Oh my God. <laughs> the new alot, the new alim also. also like um, what would, what would your be, your piece of advice be for dating in Tel Aviv? My piece of advice, it would be know what you want and have your boundaries like, and follow them. Cause it's one thing to say like, I want this and that. And if they do this, like I'm out and then you don't do that. But also just try to not take it so seriously. Heavy. Yeah. Like I don't, yeah. I'm not saying don't take it seriously. You should always take yourself seriously in dating and be intentional. But I think people put so much weight on it and it's like, is this going to be the person? And then I'm done yeah. and I can just like take the load off and I don't have to worry about this anymore. Yeah. Just, you're just meeting a person. Maybe you, vibe maybe you don't and like if you don't hear from them it's not about you yeah it's about them yeah so just trying to enjoy it like it's a very unpleasant experience at times and it can just like really you're just like I just it's frustrating but it's also annoying it's just not always fun yeah I think if you can make it fun for yourself and just try to enjoy and like take it as lightly as you can not have such high stakes with it that would be my piece of advice we'll take that into consideration thank you (laughs) Okay, and now for the most exciting part of the episode, hot takes discussion. Are you ready? We had some good ones um, compiled these last few I weeks. I love these. I love these. I look forward to it every Thursday. <laughs> They're, yeah, they were pretty good. Um, so first hot take, and basically what we do for the hot takes is we debate them and we decide, should this one be considered a hot take or not? Just so you know. So okay. at the end of each one, we're going to decide hot take or not. Okay. Hot take number one, not everyone needs a podcast. <laughs> Someone was a hardcore so, throwing shade. So someone threw shade. I have we have the WhatsApp communities. If you're not in them, um, request to be added through our link tree. We'll add you guys. But I have a WhatsApp community, and this really nice guy shared the first podcast of Olim TLV, and he was like, "Great job, guys!" And everyone hearted it and liked it. And then this one guy throws shade and puts in the chat. A picture of dude with sign. Dude with sign. That's yeah, who. dude with sign. Dude with sign holding a sign saying, not everyone needs a podcast. And then I was like, 
okay. And then all my followers like tried backing me up and they're like, oh my God, stop. It was great. Get out of here, whatever. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to make this a hot take. I'm going to put in a hot take Thursday. So hot take, yes or no. Not everyone needs a podcast. I very strongly agree with this hot take. Yeah. I don't think everyone needs a podcast. I'm not throwing shade at this podcast. Are you throwing shade obviously. at Olympia TLB podcast? Definitely not. I just think that sometimes it just needs to be like around the table conversation you have with your friends when you're hanging out and it doesn't need to be a podcast. Fair. Listen, if you are passionate and you create it yourself and you have people that want to listen to it, by all means. But often what happens is people think that everyone Needs cares so much yeah. what they have to say. And it's, I think it's more of a general, like people that love the sound of their own voice and just think that they're like God's gift to the world. Those kind of people rub me the wrong way. So that's the only reason I say that. Okay. Okay. If you have an interesting topic or Go something you're it. passionate about, by not, all means. But I, just like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, next one. Yeah. This was submitted as a hot take. Okay. I don't know if it's a hot take. Okay. Alone Levy is attractive AF. What do you mean hot take? Doesn't it's everyone not, It's a valid that? take. It's not a hot take. It's a valid that take. That is a wide It's a valid take. Elon. <laughs> yes. Elon? Elon? Elon. Elon Levy. In Hebrew, it's Elon. No, Elon. It's like Elon. Yeah. 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 Um, Definitely. Okay. We love a man with conviction. <laughs> we love a man who is well-educated, ladies. And he's just passionate. He's passionate. And you he's know. in LA. Yeah. Future. He was in Alive of the Week. He was. He was. Yeah. Alive of the Week a few months he ago. He was. Yeah. Uh, so, valid yeah. take. Not a hot take. It's not, not whoever submitted that. Next time you submit something. I don't know who something. out there thinks he's not attractive, but they really <laughs> need not, to look themselves in the mirror. As a reminder, a hot take is something that's controversial. That is not controversial. Okay. Yeah. There's no controversy. That is a valid take. No controversy. Okay. Next. <laughs> this one's really funny. Neat. <laughs> we need to normalize using LinkedIn as a dating app in Tel Aviv. Disagree strongly. <laughs> Disagree. I agree. I agree. Of course you would agree. You love that stuff. I love LinkedIn. You love that. I've actually had a date come out of LinkedIn once. You did? I did. I didn't. Did it go it. well? It it went well. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. you vetted him professionally yes. and then you were like, yeah. Okay. It you, went well. Okay. I'll tell you why I don't think, I don't agree with it. That being said, I will be lying if I, if I would be lying if I said that I haven't seen someone on a dating app and then looked them up on LinkedIn to do further due diligence. Because <laughs> yeah. you know me, I'm a fact-based lady. I lead with logic. So I LinkedIn is a great due evidence. diligence. Um, yes, it's <laughs> great for vetting. And if they don't um, have LinkedIn, red flag. Yeah, you got to you gotta do your due diligence yeah. and make sure that, obviously, on a dating app, like you, they could be a, a serial killer. Like, you got to do some due diligence. I have, from time to time, looked them up on LinkedIn. <laughs> Um, but I don't think that you should use it as a dating app because it's just like, is nothing sacred? Like there's so many dating apps. People are using DMs on Instagram for dating. People are using WhatsApp for dating. People are sliding into like, does anyone still use Facebook? I don't know. Oh, I don't. Maybe. An, I feel like Israelis use Facebook, yeah. but are people still poking? Is that still a thing? I it's before your time. I don't think poking is still yeah. a thing. Okay, good. Um, yeah, no, I don't think. So I'll tell you. Thing. I'll tell you why I disagree. And the person who submitted this hot take actually like wrote this is that Israeli men are using thirst traps in there, <laughs> like so, as their profile picture. As their profile picture. Picture. So whatever. It's okay. It's controversial. It's a hot take. I'll give it to you. Hot but, take. But you would agree with it. I would agree. I would agree that it should that it be. Should be used. Yes, okay. yes, yes. All right. Love okay. that for you. Next one. Lobinet is literally just sour cream. Disagree. I agree. I disagree. I agree. I disagree. I agree. So you know how they make lobinet? 
Or do you not? I don't. Okay. So I know because my mom used to make it at home. Okay. You basically take Greek yogurt and you put it in this cloth. So it's like, I don't know what it's called, cheesecloth. It sucks out all the moisture. You basically like tie a knot. It looks like a little bulbous Okay, thing. so it's not sour cream. And it's not sour cream because, first of all, it's way thicker. It's way more sour. And also, sour cream is like, I feel like that's like American food. Like, only Americans would think that sour cream was would like a condiment that's of cream. value. So a hot take or not? Um, I guess it is a hot take, which I disagree with. Hot take. Hot, hot take. take. Okay. Israelis have a weird show with upset a weird obsession with the show Friends. Yes. Yeah, totally. Yes. Every, why are all Israelis obsessed totally. with the show Friends? I don't get it. Totally. Do you want to watch something? Let's watch Friends. Why? Yeah, Expand I don't know. Expand your horizon to other shows. I'm personally maybe not they a, feel more yeah. American watching. I don't know. They all want to be American. Most of them or Americanized. But there's many American shows they could choose. I'm not a Friends person. Um, I've never watched Friends. Ever? I've never watched Friends. Obviously, I've watched it from time to time. I'm not one of those people who can, like, quote the episode. Be like, oh, my God, that episode where Phoebe does this and that. Like, I don't—it's just not—I don't see the—I'm not not obsessed. But (laughs) Israelis really are—maybe— They try to use Friends as a conversation starter also. Not even that. Like, you'll be talking to them, they're like— What's her name? Rachel from Rachel. Rachel. That, Rachel from Friends did this. And I'm like, ha, oh, what are you talking about? No. I love how you had to ask her Rachel. name. I don't watch Friends. But they literally try to use Friends as a conversation starter. Okay, last one. This one was the most controversial hot take I've ever seen on okay. Oliam and TLV. Okay. I actually prefer Israeli customer service over American customer service. Stop. Who submitted it? Can you see who it's submitted an, it? Yes, but it's anonymous, so I will not share the person's name, but just know in my mind you are eternally judged, Ooh. and I will never trust a word you say in my entire life. I'm really trying hard to think <laughs> what could possibly make a person, like what aspect of Israeli customer service, do? maybe they had one really good experience or something. <laughs> Did they even? I've never had one good experience with Israeli customer service. First of all, what's you, the worst cu- Israeli customer service you've ever had? Let's let's oh, let's open this. Chapter the worst up. customer service I've ever had. Um, it was when I first moved here, and I had to open a bank account. And even though I have a Teodazo number because I was born here, I didn't have a card. I never got one, mm-hmm. and. I couldn't get one. First of all, getting an appointment at Misrada Pneem took forever. And then I basically, I went back and forth between Misrada Pneem and the bank like four times each because I had to get an ID. And they're like, we can't open it without an ID. And I was like, but I don't have an ID. And they're like, you got to go back. Then they're like, we can't give you an ID. It was just like this whole thing. They were so inflexible and they were so unwilling to help me or find some work But that's around. one type of customer service. I'm talking about the one where you're calling on the phone for oh, hours yeah, and yeah, hours yeah. and hours. I will not name this airline, but there is a specific airline that has the worst customer oh, service. Yeah, yeah. We all know you're sitting on the phone with them for hours yeah. with the same song on repeat. I you literally want to yeah. throw yourself off the balcony. What's your record number of amount of time spent with on this the, airline? Yes, <laughs> with the specific phone. with the specific airline? I think four hours I was on wait. And the worst part of it all, they have a feature where it's like, we can call you back in the next 24 hours. Do they? Have you tried it? Did of course. They, and did they call you back? 72 hours. 72 hours. I've This would never happen in America. Never. never. Yeah. I 
this is the thing. So much of what is in Israel is like on the phone. Like you have to call. There's no chat bot. There's no one to talk to. Best case, they have a WhatsApp. Do they actually answer? And it makes me feel like a crazy ex-girlfriend kind of like, I'm trying on all the channels. I'm like DMing them on Facebook. I'm trying on WhatsApp. I'm calling them on the phone. And it's just, I'm like, what, who are you actually speaking to? Because I have never had an answer. It's so true. Sometimes Facebook messenger, if this is the, if we're talking about the same airline, they weirdly answer Facebook Messenger. I will have. You to just got. You also got to try multiple times. I feel like it opens a yeah. new ticket on the back end, and then they reply. It's kind of like dating, like trying multiple times. Then with a specific airline, could be comparable to dating in Tel Aviv. I think. I think customer service is worse. So biggest hot take of all time and Olim TLV. This one, I actually prefer Israeli customer service over, over American. Yeah. I don't think anyone could agree with that. Yeah. I don't think any person who has lived here long enough can agree with that. Nope. And that's the ending of our hot takes discussion. Um, Thanks so much, guys, for tuning in. And just so you guys know, again, we have the English stand-up comedy nights coming up with Matan and Michael. And then we have another one March 2nd. So um, link for tickets in our bio. And make sure to rate us on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Play, YouTube, all that stuff. And we have very exciting guests coming up. This is only the beginning and stay tuned. עוד יותר, יוצרי התוכן של ישראל. הוקלט באולפני אדיו, המשווקת את ספוטיפיי בישראל.